world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons. Today, I have a wonderful special guest, a true friend of mine, Karen Hawkins. And Karen, you know what? I'm so happy to see you. It's been a, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they say now? The kids say it's been a hot minute or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's what they do. But I'm really honored to have you here. Uh, you know, when you were working with with Bounteous, I was such a big fan of yours. I told you that personally. Uh, I think uh, I think the world of you. I think your knowledge and expertise in this area of accessibility is fantastic. But let's kick this thing off, Karen, with a story about you, your journey, what's brought you to where you are today. And then we'll uh, we'll get into essential accessibility and and all the great things you're doing there. Okay, so hi, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, so it's an interesting question as to where to start. Um, I thought I'd actually start because uh, I think it's noteworthy um, in that I went to university at 27, which that's a little bit odd these days, right? But I was one of those birds. It took me really it took me a while to to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and and the, and the path I wanted. So. At 27, after spending you know, almost a decade doing lots of odd, oddball jobs like bartending and sales and personal training and, and all of that jazz, um, industrial engineering at the University of Toronto. And the reason I did that was because they have a subspecialty of human factors. And um, the way I like to describe human factors is that we work at the interface where people meet technology, you know, and it's never about making people conform to the technology. Rather, we need to design whatever that technology is to conform um, to people, to understand our, our capabilities and our limitations. And that's not just physical, which a lot of people think about, um, but there's there's social and economic. You can think of all these different concentric circles around an individual person. And so there's all of these different human factors that, that go into designing any type of interface. So it's those interfaces I was particularly really interested in. And... Um, Happily, when, when I graduated, I did graduate with honors, and I was very happy about that, um, I'll, I'll admit, because being a, a mature student, 10 years older than all of my classmates, <laughs> um, I knocked their socks off in the end. Um, the first couple of years were rough with all the math and physics, but I, I bring it up because the, the human factors path specifically, again, it's all about the people. And um, I decided to go into user experience design out of university. Um, because I, I saw a true path there, you know, um, there's so many people online and the experiences are getting better and better and better, but there's a lot of opportunity to improve all of those experiences. And I'm just really passionate about making the experience usable for everybody. Um, and it just came very naturally to me as well. So user experience designer, I started at a company called CGI, was there for a couple of years, transitioned uh, to Sapient, Publis is Sapient now, right? Big, huge um, agency world. And I was there for a number of years, like six or seven or eight years. I can't remember. But it was there that my real journey started (laughs) Um, because there is the I think she's the senior director of experience technology. So a developer by trade, but her name is Allison Walden, um, my friend and mentor. And um, she led a presentation for all of the creative folks. So user experience designers, the visual designers, copywriters, et cetera. And it was our first introduction to digital accessibility presentation. Now, she has been a proponent of digital accessibility for a good 15 years or so. Um, but this is five, six years ago now. And so it was still just, you know, 
in the community just starting to hit the mark. Uh, so she was on the cutting edge of like digital accessibility, um, an early adopter and early expert. So she presented to us uh, just the very, very basics. And it was about the experience. Imagine being blind. How would you use a computer? That kind of thing. And it knocked my socks off. Um, it really did. Um, so much so that, um, well, I really felt incredibly crappy. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it, it struck me very profoundly that all of these experiences that I had been creating, I hadn't been considering all of all of the people. And my designs were physically blocking people from accessing the content. Um, and I really felt horrible. So I did a little bit of soul searching, but it didn't take very long. <laughs> I realized that this is the path of, that I wanted to follow. Like, there's hardly anybody in the creative space that truly knows how to design with accessibility in mind. Mm -hmm. And um, not only did I see that as a, as a path, I, I don't want this to sound silly, but I kind of felt like it was a calling. Like I knew that I would be good at it. I knew I was already good at it. And um, I just felt compelled, you know, um, to, to follow that path. So um, started internally at Publicis Sapient, just make, making presentations for other creatives about how would you design a product card, for instance, um, with all of these accessibility considerations in mind. And um, that went to speaking at a lot of conferences about the same kind of thing, because there's a real thirst for um, designing with accessibility in mind, because really digital accessibility has always been on the shoulders of developers, right? Like they're the ones that have to build the thing, but it only makes sense that we're starting to design with accessibility in mind, bring it further upstream. The phrase is called shifting left. And uh, well, anyway, um, I ended up uh, just needing a change and went to Bounteous where I met you. Uh, it's just a, a smaller but amazing agency. And um, I was very, very happy there. Um, but I was thinking, you know, I'm doing the same old, I'm a user experience designer. I'm on the path to, you know, directorship and all of that. Um, but in doing so, the responsibilities change. You're doing less worker B work, like you're less in the designs, problem solving with your customers and clients, and you're doing more overhead type of work, scheduling and whatnot. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, managing people, it's good. Uh, but uh, I wasn't passionate, if I may say. Uh, and so I just happened to look around for maybe even just a month or two and um, Essential accessibility, where I am now, they had a job posting uh, for a trainer. And I just thought, you know, I, I'm certified now. I'm a certified accessibility uh, professional. Um, maybe I'll just throw my, my hat in the ring and see what they think. And uh, the, their mission, they, they were completely aligned with me, my per personally me, with respect to shifting left. Uh, and they thought my experience and my knowledge, I would bring something fresh to the table. And, and so here I am. I'm the trainer at Essential Accessibility. I love that story. So a couple of things that resonated with me, 27, going back to the <laughs> school and figuring it out. Um, I was 27 when I first started to get my driver's license and not yet, believe it or not. So when I went to Young Drivers, oh no, this is an embarrassing story, but anyway, <laughs> when I went to Young Drivers and I walked into um, to that class to do the written and to go and and do all the driving they thought i was the uh, the instructor the yeah so that was a tough pill to swallow um but once uh, once every all the young kids figured out that i was a mature student uh then it became quite a quite a great weekend of uh of fun and razzing with me so um I very good yeah i can't imagine going to university and the courage that it takes and 
um, definitely, um, it all worked out for you and, and thankfully did because mm-hmm. you're, you're making a huge difference right now. The second piece that when you say it's your calling, you know, as a director of e-commerce, essential accessibility is more important to me than most directors. And, and not because of, you know, it's the law and you have to do these things, but because I grew up with disabilities myself and having certain tools now hit the market that make it easier for me to overcome some of those disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I greatly appreciate. So the fact that you're so passionate about this and making it so that everyone can enjoy this great digital experience is, it's inspiring. So good on you. Um, Now, just Karen, before we get into the questions about what you're doing currently, Mm -hmm. I'm very proud to say that I have a new sponsorship. And what we're gonna do right now is take a quick break so I can insert a video about ClickShip. Well, that's fantastic news. Happy to be a guinea pig. If you're selling online, you need to ship products to your customers fast, reliable, and at the lowest cost to provide the best experience. ClickShip is used by e-commerce business owners across Canada to access the best shipping rates from trusted carriers, allowing you to lower your abandoned cart rates by offering real-time rates at checkout or offering a lower flat fee. It integrates with major e-commerce marketplaces and storefronts so users can sync orders, select rates, print labels, and schedule pickups from anywhere. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link in the description where you can go and sign up. Save more time and money with ClickShip. It's easy as click, ship, save. So, Karen, now that you're with Essential Accessibility, tell me about Essential Accessibility and what your role really is. Sure. Um, Well, in the uh, digital accessibility space, there are a number of uh, companies, um, mostly consultancies, who, who help uh, customers um, create their digital experiences to be more accessible. And that then encompasses a number of different things. Um, um, what's different about essential accessibility, not only we Canadian, yay, but <laughs> yeah, but we're um, more service oriented. And, and so um, there's a, it's more of a subscription model wherein you pay whatever, there's tiers, you know, and um, based on that subscription, the bottom line is we, we try to help you with everything under the sun when it comes to digital accessibility. Um, and um, we really try to become partners with our customers. So yes, there's a legal aspect, like you mentioned, but there's a, a big proponent is taking your digital accessibility and um, doing uh, automated scans uh, testing it for uh, accessibility fails. And then we also have a number of people um, participating in manual evaluations as well. And a number of those people do have uh, disabilities themselves. And so they are manually going through our customers' digital properties and testing them for accessibility. We provide reports on this, and then we help you um, track uh, fixing your bugs and whatnot. So on top of all of that, though, there's certainly um, ancillary services such as my world regarding training, because if there are so many digital properties out there that, that do have all of these accessibility failures and, and we see the same failures time and time again, and they're, they're everywhere, they just are, um, there's a lot of education that still needs to happen. And so we do a lot of training um, one-on-one. We also have like a learning management system now for our customers where they can go in and take um, courses and that kind of thing. Hopefully soon we'll be um, bringing that out to the masses as well. Like anybody can pay 40 or 50 bucks to take a course. Yeah. Um, you know, um, just because like for me, the content shouldn't just stick with our customers, right? They, yeah. I genuinely want digital experiences everywhere. Um, that would mean that, you know, everybody's on par. Um, and the, the, the digital experiences themselves are, are blocking people from, from doing what they need to do. 
the the pandemic itself is the perfect example of that. Like so many people all around the world being stuck at home, and the only way to to get uh, what you need is through e-commerce. Right. Right. And if and can you imagine how long it would take if you only used a keyboard or um, you were new to using a screen reader? You know, um, you'd get better at it. But if, if you couldn't access a site like Costco or Amazon or something like that, um, that are so popular, then how could you get your toilet paper? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. That's great. And with essential accessibility, the um, I've been using them, I think, since the beginning um, mm-hmm. when I started with Walmart. So we've always had it. But now there's uh, dashboards in place that uh, the team provides and mm-hmm. really takes a look at your code structure and makes recommendations for for not only your UX person, but your developer to go and focus on these key areas. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah, well, what's important is um, we have, if I may say, our proprietary um, software, uh, which which does just that. So um, we can do automated scans, uh, use a number of different tools. Some people have heard of Wave and Axe, um, ASLint and that kind of thing. And as a result, the automated scan is gonna find maybe 30% of any kind of issues on any digital property. Um, and then the manual evaluation is on top of that. That's where the humans um, perform. Mm-hmm. And we find the other 70% or so. And as a result, we don't want to just one and done it because accessibility is a journey, right? We're constantly updating our digital properties, constantly adding content and changing the images and whatnot. So we do need to, to do our due diligence in continually evaluating our digital properties. So you speak of dashboards. So it only makes sense that um, just like any other statistics or uh, data, um, you you come into uh, the digital property and you want to see just an overview of um, where you're standing. And so what's nice is we can tell you, yeah, these are all of the, the bugs. These are the ones that need to be fixed. The criticality, high, medium, and low. Uh, and we try to help you prioritize um, what you're going to tackle first. Uh, and so these dashboards are great because not only do you get that quick view, but we can track your progress over time. And I think that's really important, right? It's really nice to be able to see the number of critical issues slowly going down, or maybe they went down very quickly (laughs) and now we're tackling the highs, right? Um, But yeah, it's important to be able to to track your progress. Um, And uh, again, because we're continually uh, updating our digital properties, it's not like you'd you'd really maintain unless you don't change your content, right? Like you're always um, changing the content. So you always need to be uh, checking it. Yeah, what I loved, the learning key learnings for me were as we were printing uh, flyers and we were doing different color palettes for our flyers, mm-hmm. taking those banners for online and then seeing that um, they, they didn't work for online. The colors that we've picked out for other marketing materials were an actual uh, hindrance for our customer shopping online. Mm-hmm. That, that took a while for um, for us to just kind of get used to to go and, and check out, be proactive and make sure that uh, the color palette was uh, something that can easily be seen on screen. And that was a key learning that uh, I guess our whole organization here had about a year or so ago with you. And mm-hmm. we went through the new redesign of the website. So those those type of things that you just kind of take for granted, let's go create a piece of creative and just make it look beautiful. But the functionality sometimes is way more important than the the beauty of the creative. Yeah, and that, that is interesting because a number of customers find themselves in the same spot. Right. Um, such as you, you go out and you create a whole new campaign. Right. And we have these beautiful palettes. If we just tweaked just a couple of the colors for the color combinations, when I say that it's um, 
our foreground is typically text and the background color, like the text on the background color. Sometimes the contrast just isn't good enough, right? And so if we just tweaked it ever so slightly, then we would meet the minimum requirements that um, due to tons and tons of testing by these wonderful people who have created these guidelines for us, the web content accessibility guidelines, um, is gonna work for most people anyway. Right, um, and it, it's true for some customers and their logos or just their brand colors, let alone like a, a typical campaign, right? Like green is always hard. Um, there's a lot of light greens out there. There's a lot of oranges. Orange is really hard digitally. Um, and so we can tweak them, meaning a lot of times we'll just darken the color just ever so slightly and only for digital, we can do that. Um, but to your point, it, it only makes sense that we start to change our workflows such that we're doing checks like contrast, um, and we're checking for font size. Um, we're checking for um, even the selection of font that we're using and how readable it is. That all happens in the design process up front. And, and, and it, is a, it is a cultural shift. It's a paradigm shift, right? And the thing is, a lot of people don't know all of these things that, that we should be doing, these checks and balances that we should be implementing earlier. Yeah, it's, they, don't, they don't know. And you don't, like, the thing is when... This is so important from from a retail perspective, but it's across all all platforms. It doesn't matter whether you're a retailer or just a blogger. You you should be following the same guidelines, and I I think that's the key. Is there's not enough education, and I know you guys are trying to to do that and be at the forefront of that educational piece. But ultimately, you know, I'm I'm running delivering with e-commerce, and even though I do from a day to day job and make sure that our site is. Um, you know, making sure that we're following any of the regulations. I didn't do the same with delivering e-commerce. And I'm only, I'm only realizing that now I don't know if the banner at the top of this site is compliant. Like that's, that's where the disconnect is. I think for a lot of people is like, they just think it might be their day-to-day -day job. They have to do this, but all of us have some kind of side business, some, some entrepreneur spirit and we're doing things, but are we taking those learnings and applying them to the other activities we're doing? So you know what? I'm going to have to reach out to my designer, Leslie, and make sure that we're we're following <laughs> those guidelines because I don't know if we are. Oh, that's so funny. But 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 it's on it's on point. Right. And and, you know, you're speaking to retail and, and you know that you need to apply it there. Um, but sadly, there are so many people out in the wild who have digital properties experiences and they don't know anything, you know, and, and it's new. And sadly, it's in the States in particular, they, they can sue each other here in Canada. It's not the same. Right. Um, but and it, and it typically when, uh, happens when there's a lawsuit. Hey, we're being sued for something. Well, we better make sure accessibility is, you know, um, it, um, part of something that we do now. Uh, and a lot of times it's, it's a one and done in that, okay, maybe we'll fix our site and then that's it. And they go back to doing whatever they do. But I think what needs to happen, and you would, you would probably agree with me that it needs to be a cultural shift. There needs to be some kind of true change management. You know, there's a lot of DNI, so um, disability, sorry, diversity and um, inclusion mm -hmm. um, efforts in, in a lot of companies. And accessibility is just a proponent of that. But I think it needs to um, come more to the forefront and, and be more of a focus um, because uh, we we have an obligation to our end users to provide um, truly enjoyable experiences. But that means everybody. And if you can't even use your keyboard to, to access the content, then there's no way your experience is going to be enjoyable, right? And so we, we're talking about cultural shifts and um, trying to get you know it, it baked into your, your DNA, mm -hmm. you know, part of your mission. You know, yeah, that's great. 
So Karen, I know you have a busy morning. It's early for both of us. Um, how can our audience get a hold of you and find out more information uh, so that they can continue or even just start this journey? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't have the email address handy, but <laughs> I can put it in the links. So that's, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, search for essential accessibility. Uh, uh, it's a pretty quick and easy um, search. Um, and again, we're, we're based out of Toronto, uh, and but we, we help our customers uh, globally. Uh, that's probably the, the best play to, to get a hold of me. Perfect. I will, uh, I will add some links to the comment section. I would know there's a there's a page on LinkedIn as well that we can mm-hmm. reference to. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's been a great pleasure. I know we're only giving a, a snippet here this morning of what, uh, all the stuff that you got you're working on and the team's working on. But um, I think it's really valuable, and I'm excited for people to to get engaged with this because I think the more more people that do get engaged with it, the faster and better we'll all be because of it. Agreed, 100%. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Chris. No problem, Karen. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, have a good one. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. Connect with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons, on LinkedIn and Spotify at Delivering E-Commerce, or on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.